0: Why don't we begin? To we hope you enjoy. And This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about craft, beer, and film. My name's Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. What's happening? That was a classic cadence to an intro that I just did. That's like I think the benchmark for how when you're you always tell me that my voice changes in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I do that sort of ba and then you take over.
1: Man, I'm Johnny Summers. That's <laughs> right, folks.
0: <laughs> I think nine yeah. times out of ten, like like you know Johnny, I've been going back and categorizing all of our beers and making our catalog. Nine times out of ten, you'll say something along the lines of. And I'm Johnny Summers. This is Fresh Hop Cinema, your favorite podcast. What's happening? And it's my favorite. It's yep. like my favorite Johnny catchphrase to kick <laughs> off a show. That said, yes. we're a podcast out of Chico, California. Johnny, where can people find us if they don't live in Chico, particularly if they want to find us on the internet?
1: Well, they can definitely find us in their hearts because they carry us with them always. <laughs> okay. Uh, but on the internet wise, if you're using applications, you can use the Instagrams, the Twitters, and the Untapped at Fresh Hop Cinema. The Facebooks we're at Fresh Hop Cinema Pod. Letterboxed we're at Max Bernardi and Johnny Summers. Our email is fhccast at gmail.com. Email us in your thoughts, uh, what we did wrong, what we did right. Come on, we love to hear from love you guys. It. Keep it up. We love the emails. We love the feedback. Uh, get on it. Feed us back. We feed you. Yeah. Sure. Uh, FreshHopCinema.com dot com is our website. Patreon dot patreon dot com <clears throat> slash Fresh Hop Cinema is how we make uh, a significant That's amount sweet, of sweet sweet bread yeah, that that cheddar 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 <laughs> that keeps the show a rolling. Yeah, yeah, we pump all that money right back into content and beers and foolish life choices. So yeah, if you like what you're hearing, uh, please help us keep that going. Uh, we appreciate all of our patrons. Patrons, do it. Yeah, can can I just start calling our patrons patrons?
0: Absolutely, you should do that.
1: Be, okay, that's a thing now because patron means boss. Does it really? Yeah, in español. Nice. Also, all of our El, bosses. El Patron. That's right. We work for them. They're our bosses. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Patron, jefe. Actually, jefe means boss. What the hell does Patron mean? I think it just means tequila in my book.
0: But I can find out. It
1: means... Are you typing it as well?
0: Yep. Yeah. yeah. A person... Oh, patron. Yeah, just... (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh... It might mean pattern, depending on how you spell it.
1: But Patron in Spanish. Yeah. What does it mean? What does it mean? Pa- patron and jefe are synonyms. Oh, nice. patron means boss. I was right. I'm a little Mexican. Yeah, sure. Yes,
0: sure. You're a big Mexican. Yes,
1: Let's be I am. fair. Yeah, honestly. Uh, so, anyways, a little as little as a dollar a week, uh, you can help us out. There's all kinds of fun bonus content. We just recorded some, uh, and it's a good time. Check it out. Donate whatever. What is it? Donate?
0: Contribute? I, I like to um, think of it as uh, partner with partner with yeah, us sure. at patreon.com slash fresh up cinema actually on that note and in the vein of some og jefe slash patrons i want to give a shout out to john Wallam who had a birthday this week uh it's such a weird time i feel like we've had a lot of birthdays in the past month or two on patreon yeah, last we week just, was Miyagi. yeah although if we actually got that wrong i think it, it we said it was man my timeline's so messed up basically you said we you were, fixed it in <laughs> You said you fixed it in the episode. No, I not? didn't. I didn't bother because I, I texted him. Oh, I was cool. like, hey, man, like I really thought I had your birthday in my calendar as this week. We gave you a shout out on the show. And he's like, no, it's it's definitely next week. But I figured and this is why I didn't change it in post. You know, and I think a, a early birthday wish is almost complimentary, whereas like a late you know one what? is obviously not good. And some people
1: really wished we would care enough about them to get their birthday wrong. And we don't. There
0: you go. We just we don't care, care about it. those people. Yeah. Yep. Right. So anyways, my point is uh, I wish that we normally we would have just gotten a beer probably for that person and drank it together. So if you have had a birthday during this quarantine, when everything settles down, hopefully we can all just drink a beer together. It'll be awesome. That's right. So happy birthday, John Wallum. Happy now late birthday, Miyagi. Yeah. Also, Johnny, before we move on, I just pulled up our Instagram because it's one of the socials that I don't really do any work on. So it's actually just fun to go and look. And you're you're killing it, man. Hey, thanks. I'm looking at on, looking at it on the computer screen, and it's. I mean, it looks really like you're you're keeping up in a very very aesthetically pleasing way. I was gonna say I've done I've
1: put some effort and some thought into our overall aesthetic, yeah. and I'd like to think it's cohesive
0: and pleasing to the eye. It's getting there for sure. I, I noticed you haven't been taking as many photos with the photo box lately.
1: Uh, no, I haven't because I'll tell you why: pure laziness,
0: 100%. Fair percent. But I mean, it's yep. not like yeah, it's not like these pictures suck. These are really good. They're, I think the context of them are very cool
1: yeah and it got to the point where almost every picture I was posting was in the photo box and it yes. I, it just got dull for me i'm like okay. i need I need more vibrance, yeah I need more more just life and lustrous, just beautiful backgrounds, so it's just been beautiful outside, taking a lot of pictures with plants and you so you you're yeah beautiful. I'm on here a lot recently, yeah. I was going to say Get two, way more likes than usual. I think people like your face. Is it just my
0: face? Yeah. I, when I was down, well, I'll talk about this on hot and bothered later on in the show, but I found that glass in, in a photo that I'm looking at on our Instagram now that you posted a couple of days ago. And I'm pretty sure it's not a glass. It looks like a tiny little vase, but we had just had a conversation about looking for cool, unique glassware. And this mm-hmm. one really does grab the eye. I was drinking a, a Dank and Sticky part of the Hop Freshener series from uh, the Hop Concept. And it was yeah. a super good beer. It was like nine and a half percent too, which I didn't know but something about the shape of that glass was just very conducive to drinking it quickly. Totally. It was delicious, though. I love this it. That was a great class. Actually, I took that photo, so I'm not really complimenting it in that way, but it just looks good. I think, yeah, the aesthetic you're going for is very cool.
1: Thanks, man. You guys should follow our Instagram. It's at Fresh Hop Cinema. Yeah, it's it's good, fun. It's a good time. It is. I post cool movie posters all the time and fun things about beer and memes. It's it's. Viciously entertaining. I should charge you people more for that, but I don't.
0: <laughs> um, so, I don't know. You want to jump into a beer? Yeah, man. Our first beer this week. I'm super stoked
1: on this one. I've been drinking it because I got impatient. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It is a beer that is rare amongst rare. It is world class. It is called Juicy Bits from a brewery called Weldworks. They're in Greeley, Colorado. It's a New England style IPA. It clocks in 6.7% ABV from their website. Our flagship Hazy IPA features a huge citrus and tropical fruit hop character from the Mosaic Citra and Eldorado hops and a softer, smoother mouthfeel from the adjusted water chemistry, higher protein malts, and lower attenuation. The end result is a beer reminiscent of citrus juice with extra pulp, thus the name A Juicy Bits.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I want to touch one more time because, if I mean, we're still kind of close enough to our housekeeping notes that we did do a review of this at some point on our Patreon so if you can find that in other bonus content, I'm curious to see because I don't remember at this point how it's going to stack up because that must have been a couple months ago at this point. You think?
1: Yeah, uh, it might have been longer. I think that was like January, February.
0: Oh, is that? Yeah, maybe. I... I, I just remember when we got this beer. I think you gave me one, and you were like, "This." I'm so stoked this is accessible now, and people love it, and it was super good. Um, but like, yeah. you, I mean, like you said, you've been drinking yours already. Does it does it hold up to what you remember it be?
1: Hell yeah, this beer is amazing. Walk me this through. Is... Walk me
0: through your sensations.
1: All right, well, I mean, it's absolutely drinkable. You're getting this lovely balance of just hop presence that's not overbearing. It's kind of everything I want in a New England IPA where you get this beautiful balance of of the biting hops, the bitterness and the dryness of, like, a West Coast meeting the the actual juiciness, the mouthwatery, like, just absolutely want-to-take-another-drink type thing that you get from a New England-style beer. Yeah. And they strike a, a great balance, and I, I always say it. I say it every single time we do a beer of this style. That's what I want. I want uh, something that's tastes like a beer, not a milkshake. You know, mm-hmm. I want to taste the hops. I want to feel like I'm drinking a beer. And this be- beer delivers on that, man. It's so good front to back. It's just an amazing drinking experience. Are you still enjoying it?
0: Yeah. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we did a beer with, I think, five or six different hops? Yep. Do you remember what it was? Uh, nope. Yeah, I don't either. But I do remember saying, cause I think it, I don't, maybe it didn't have mosaic, but it definitely had some citra hops and I think it also had Eldorado and maybe like four or five other ones. And I remember specifically saying that it just had too many flavors jumping out, you know, and, and they didn't really yeah. vibe together. I think one of them was the Idaho seven hop and it was just such a weird combo. But whenever I see one, and I've said this in the past, whenever I see a beer with mosaic in it, I'm, I'm digging for that mosaic. I really want that sort of citrusy and piney flavor. And I think this one nails it. Like, I think it I mean
1: that Fonta font Flora
0: beer, right? Oh, uh, that might be right. Yeah. I can't remember. If somebody's just listened to that episode, please let us know. I'd really like to know. But yeah. I mean, yeah, this has that perfect balance for a New England IPA where it's it's definitely kind of smooth and juicy, obviously, but it has really, really delicious hop flavors right up front and all the way throughout. And it's never like some just end with a punch or start with a punch and then kind of turn into juice. On the front or back ends, and and those are fun, but not necessarily complex or nuanced in any ways that I find particularly interesting. If I were forced to talk about them, which every week I am, so I'm, I'm stoked when I get something like this that is very multidimensional. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm about it, man. This is I think better than I remember having it the first time.
1: Yeah, this might be fresher too. Yeah, um, I don't have a
0: date. Do you have a date on yours? Oh, uh, let me check. Yeah, mine's uh, five five yeah. eight twenty, just over Five twenty eight
1: twenty. That's yeah. lovely just over a month old the spear is peak drinking conditions the fact that we can get this around here for five bucks a can is absolutely just ludicrous yeah uh, it makes you know so i'm, surprised
0: I'm still you let, that, it. I'm it's, surprised you let that slip the price this early on it, it, oh i'm sorry it's a bias i already liked it you know
1: yeah i i don't think that hurts in our rating at all no, no. um yeah, it mean, it really is. It's like the best parts of biting into an orange with the best parts of drinking a beer. It's just yeah. it's it's damn near perfect. Anything I take off this beer is just going to be nitpicking, but it's uh it is world class. I think it's it's up there with any Treehouse, any Other Half, any oh. monk, Monkish. I mean, those are all like the top tier uh New England IPAs in the world, and I think this holds its own with any beer in that category.
0: I'm surprised you didn't throw um What's it called? Moxa into there. I guess they're, maybe, uh, they're not, they're maybe they're yeah. not. Yeah, they're not world class yet. Yeah, not even true. close. And, and they don't have this, the established sort of following to have that kind of thing. You're right. Yeah, exactly. And
1: they're, honestly, their hops are kind of hit or miss for me. Are uh, they? I like a lot of their stuff, but I, I haven't been crazy about a few other beers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I would honestly, I like Urban Roots more than Moxa if I'm going like local breweries. Really?
0: Yeah. Huh. I think I go Moxa based on what I've had
1: yeah i mean they're Mox's, stouts are yeah those are pretty yeah. world-class yeah but you also like a lot of those you can't get unless you're a member and, and blah 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 right. so um but Weldworks does does some real good stuff man uh yeah, and the fact that this beer is getting distro, I think uh, – I don't know if Corona has a part in it. I think a lot of beer is hitting the distribution networks that has never been out there before yeah. because of that, because they can't sell it in their tap rooms and they have mm-hmm. this excess. Yeah, You're seeing more and more crazy stuff. Like I'm seeing so much uh, pseudo-sue from Toppling right? Goliath. And I that man. beer is – like yeah. if you haven't gone and got a four-pack of that, like do it now yeah. because it's coming in like – two weeks old it's yeah. stupid
0: we did that on the show a while back to, or yeah we did either that or king sue but i know we've done them both at this point on the show but pfft, yeah great, yeah great beer i looking for diamonds in the rough in in the pandemic situation like that's certainly one of them is the the uh what's the word Yeah, i don't know just increased distribution of, of beer and accessibility yeah probably. man probably
1: yeah it's definitely in the silver linings playbook
0: yeah. You know, I think this is, you remember back when we first started this podcast was when Moonraker was like really sort of all the rage. Yeah. I'm actually, maybe I thought of it cause I'm drinking this beer out of a Moonraker glass, but this is, I mean, I, those are my first times I really got jazzed about a New England IPA and this is right up there. My excitement at least for just what's going on in this glass. I'm, I'm super stoked about this beer.
1: Nice. Me too. Do you, you do know, you, that's part of the reason that I like slice so much oh, is, yeah. um, the brewer from Moonraker that kind of just made that brewery what it was at the beginning when we were all into it, mm-hmm. uh, actually is like the half owner of Slice. Is
0: that I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, so like that is a huge factor in why their beer is as high quality as it
0: is. Yeah, I mean that makes makes total sense. I didn't know that guy left right? Moonraker. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Is it is it Zach Fra Frazier or Russ Yeager? Do you know?
1: I think it's Zach. If you look up Slice Brewing, um, there is some pictures of him.
0: Okay. Yeah. But I'm not sure. Yeah. Cool. I am yeah, I just uh, did a quick wiki search, but yeah, man, I forgot about slice. You've been there a couple of times at this point.
1: Yeah. I actually just brought you a beer from there. Did you? Yeah. You took a picture of it. It was that, uh, the XXOJ the double. Oh, OJ. that
0: was slice. Huh? That was a great beer. It was fantastic. Right? Yeah. I think it's so funny when you bring me beers that we don't do for the show, I'm just like, wow, you know what? I bet this beer's good. I'm just going to, it's when I just sort of, just drink a beer like a normal person. I don't do any research. I just pour it into a glass and enjoy it, and it turns out that I end up just forgetting sometimes.
1: But that's good. I've been encouraging you to do that because sometimes yeah, right. we get too caught up, and like we've every time I give you a cool beer, you're like, "Should we do this for the show?" I'm like, "No, yeah. we should drink it like normal people and just think about how lucky we
0: are." Yeah, I mean that's what we did with the uh, the double dry hopped Pliny the Elder, which was fantastic. Right? That's. So good, yeah. You know, Pliny I still like President. I like Pliny the uh, the regular one better. I don't, you know, really. Yeah,
1: they're releasing that beer again in uh, July to cool. order cases. I might have a case delivered if it's you want. July
0: some. now, I know it's like
1: a couple of weeks. They're going to be doing that.
0: I'm. Are they pretty fairly priced compared to the? Uh, I don't know their other bottles. Uh, I think the cases of 16 ounce cans so are like a hundred bucks
1: or something like that. Pff, that's pricey, but okay. Twenty four. It's not that much. Oh, for twenty I mean, four? Yeah, a twenty four case of sixteen ounce cans, and they're sixteen ounce cans, so that's that's a good thing.
0: You and I did a case of, or a modified case of Barrel Age Ten Fifty a couple years ago. That was and only I, a twelve was, pack. Yeah, so that's what I thought. That was, but that was also hundred yeah. bucks, which was like, all right, all right, let's do it. Yeah, that's great though. I like that beer a lot. I think I still have one of those from from that time. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be intense to check out. Right yeah <clears throat> it would man
1: but yeah we should talk about that let's let's put a pin in that and maybe order some Pliny the Pliny for president and yeah dude just drink it and I,
0: I think tell, i'd be more inclined people. to like if, if you found one or one other person that was like yeah definitely want it i would throw in for like two of those cans or maybe three i don't care maybe no, we'll do you, the whole thing who cares
1: you got to get a four pack at least sure. it comes with six
0: four packs oh i see oh cool yeah that'd be fun so
1: yeah we'll look into it either way the the point of this whole rant is that man, it is a good time to be a beer enthusiast, yep. for sure. You're getting some crazy stuff. Like I just had a case of Highland Park delivered to my house. Yeah, what'd you get? Ridiculous. Uh, uh Good Green, which I gave oh, you one sure. of as well.
0: Yep, yep. That is Highland Park.
1: Yeah. And you you liked it. Trust yeah, me. I you told me you liked it. <laughs> I think uh, I said that in a roundabout so, way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so it's a good time, man. It's a good time to be a beer lover, and uh, I'm actually looking at possibly becoming a member of Highland Parks Brewery membership next year.
0: Nice, dude. I well, I encourage you to do that. It sounds great. I off, I often reap the benefits from those situations. You you have a way of doing that, yeah. <laughs> Which it just it's it's mutually beneficial for yeah, you when I yeah. do things. So if like I, sure,
1: Johnny, go to that beer release on Saturday. I encourage you yeah, to be a yeah, independent yeah, person. And
0: go drive and get to spend all sorts of money, and I'll just oh you have an extra beer. Don't mind if I do, right? But you mentioned earlier bringing it back around to juicy bits that it, the stuff that you would d- detract from this beer is, are just nitpicking at this point. But I think that we're both very high on this beer, and I think that it deserves a little bit of picking of nits. If you if you have anything in particular, oh shoot, let me take another sip. Yeah, for me, I like I, I haven't even touched on sort of the looks of this, but it looks pretty straightforward. I, I was actually sort of surprised by the head retention of this thing in my glass, at least it dissipates really quickly, almost. I mean, I don't know. It, it just I don't looks think so- that matters, though, man. No, it doesn't matter for the, for the beer at all. It's just an, an interesting observation I felt like pointing out because a lot of the time, hazy IPAs, especially some of the thicker, juicier ones, tend to keep that head and that carbonation a lot more. And this has mellowed out quite a bit. Just surprised me as well. There you go. That's but yeah, it's not, that's, yeah, that's not me taking anything away from the beer. Yeah, I mean, I don't
1: know. I don't I don't think it's a 10, but I don't know if I can put my thumb on why it's not. Yeah. Uh, it's
0: just. It's just not. I was hoping you wouldn't say that because that's what I was gonna say. Because it isn't quite there for me either. No, but, I but don't know it's why. just
1: not. I don't exactly. It's just not. It's it's not sparking. But see, that's the thing. It just doesn't scream ten. But I tell you what, this beer is like a solid. I'm gonna go ahead and rate it. This beer is like a
0: 9.6. Oh, it's that's really high.
1: Yeah. No, this is one of the. This is top five beers in this category, in the world. Period. In my opinion.
0: Wow. Really. Uh, wow. wow.
1: Yeah. There's no way it can't be in the high nines if it, I'm telling you that, dude. Yeah, no, I agree. Like literally world class. I mean, I've probably tried three or 400 different kinds of New England IPA from every brewery you can imagine.
0: And you think this is top five in the world? Yep. Wow. That's, I mean, that's impressive to me. I feel like the top five would all be tens. No, not necessarily. Yeah, maybe not. I'd say like the top two, maybe three would be tens. All right. All right. Yeah. So for me, it's just maybe a, it's a flat nine for me. It's very yeah, it's super okay. good, but it, it is missing, and it's so subjective. But it is missing a bit of a, a bit of a zhuzh factor, a bit of a bit of a wow, a bit of a spark, you know. And I yeah. don't know what it is. I really love all the flavors. I love the way it's drinking. I love the way it's just sitting on my palate. It's it's a lovely beer. It's really well balanced. I just I wanted a little, just a little more, you know.
1: Right. I th- I think part of like the reason that it's not a ten for me is that overall i'm burnt out on this style of beer as a category and oh. it's hard it's very hard for me to get excited about new england ipas anymore and like this one got me super excited and it's top five in the world and i love it and i would rave about this beer from a mountaintop and it's still not a 10 so
0: yeah yeah that's very very that's, subjective the, yeah in that case. for
1: sure but i think that's just i mean that's a uh you know definitely a case of style burnout sure. mixed with just near perfection so yeah again just looking for that little bit of wow don't know what it is but it's not it's not in it but it,
0: god i mean when's the last time i gave a score that high yeah it's been a minute i could actually probably go look but another time perhaps
1: yeah i gave a 10 out not that long ago
0: yeah we, we both we did. both did yeah i can't remember what that was but yeah it was you know something it's okay other that's other people's
1: job to remember i that. suppose we so just, huh we're here to just entertain Kay. come
0: on yeah i can tell you it was before episode 175 if that means anything, really? To you. Yeah. So at least over a month ago, we haven't given tens. Neither of us on a beer have given tens since before that, though. No, you, you gave a nine point two to that almanac Peach you... Sour Nova. Okay, which is pretty good. Yeah, you gave a ten to that damn beer with the sloth on. No, yes, the, the yes I did. You did, and the hen house. Uh, yeah, that was before one seventy five. Was it? Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the past. Um, I don't know ten beers that we've done on the show with with our ratings in front of me. And it was before all that. Uh, oh wow, damn! Time yeah. flies, man. I mean, I gave a nine and a half to Green Gate from Secret Trail. What a beer! That beer I loved it. <laughs> that beer's real. That beer's really yeah, good. You, you gave it eight point eight. This is fun. This is a handy chart to have. I can't wait till I'm done with this though. Right? Just it's no, gonna that be so was... helpful. Green Gate's so good. So good. So good. But uh, go ahead. Nope. <laughs> okay. I think we're going the same way, but I'll do it. Uh, so yeah. that's Juicy Bits from Weldworks. Johnny, where'd you pick it up? Uh, S S. Yep. SNS, you said around five bucks? Yep. I think, yeah, it's definitely worth the investment. If you're into really good New England IPAs, get your hands on it. Let us know what you think. Uh, Twitter or email is always a great way to do it. Let's move right along to a section called Flick Picks. Johnny do not need no stinging Flick Pick, it seems, this week. So I'll just talk about mine. Uh, which is a film that came out this year, very recently, called Irresistible, and I'll talk about it a little bit more after a trailer. The Democrats are getting their asses kicked. We need some way to protest a more rural-friendly message. If you can't live your principles in the bad times, I guess they aren't principles; they're just hobbies. Nice. John Wayne and a tractor have a baby, and all you can say is nice. Really? Nice. Oh my He's God! It's really so very nice. nice. Colonel Jack Hastings is our key back into the great now swing state of Wisconsin. He just doesn't know it yet.
1: Can I be completely honest with you? No, Bull. Be
0: nice. My daughter's here. That was your daughter with her arm up the cow? Guys like me don't know how to talk to guys like you. Do you have a bottle over? Uh, That's a nice twist. Oh, twist off. Yeah, 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 I know. Maybe he does need a bottle. Maybe use your, your vest
1: but I would like to offer my services. Can we
0: quiet the cows, please? To help him run for mayor of Deerlocken. And if you could get some of them to face front. Oh, my God. I am telling you guys, Jack could be the real deal. This little campaign of ours has caught the attention of the National Republican Party. Why are you here? Because crushing the last piece of hope in your eyes really gets me off. It's good to see you. Yeah. You look fat. (laughs) I'm going to make a big... It's on here, boys. Game on. Tons of press, and lots of money. This seems a bit crazy. What do you think of that right there? No, I don't. Oh. Sorry, not you, Dot. Oh.
1: This is the 18. All you have is fear. 20 bucks says, I do better with fear than you do with shame. The Democrat Party can't win. They're getting desperate. And this is really just another perfect example of the DC elite trying to dictate how we should live.
0: That's we, your DC elite. Oh, no, actually, I'm from here. I'm from Deer Lacket. That's a lie. That's a lie. No. Here. No, that's what are you even okay. doing? <laughs> I, I'm from Well, here. that's You're always a great inspiration. Thank you so much. That was a trailer for a film called Irresistible. It's a it's an American political comedy written by the one and only Jon Stewart, formerly of The Daily Show. It stars Steve Carell, Chris Cooper, Mackenzie Davis, Topher Grace, Natasha Leone, Rose Byrne. All sorts of great actors in this. The quick little synopsis without any spoilers, we're not going to spoil it here because Johnny hasn't seen it. And chances are you haven't seen it. It's fairly new. Basically, Steve Carell plays this guy named Gary Zimmer. And he is a very prominent dude in the Democratic uh party he works out on the trail to find people to run for office in this case he is going into wisconsin to convince this guy played by chris cooper to run as a democratic candidate even though he's in wisconsin and he seems republican but he thinks he can swing the election the next time around it also takes place uh starting in 2016 where donald trump is just one so it's very topical in today's political climate johnny have you heard anything about this movie
1: no, I saw a poster for this movie uh, when I was purchasing our movie of the week, King of Staten Island, mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon Prime. It was in their, uh, I think, what do they call that category? Like, uh, in-theater rentals type situation? Yeah, basically. Where, you, did... where you can yeah. pay a little bit more and watch a movie that's, like, would have been a major release. Yes. And it what it didn't fall through the cracks to go to, like, uh, direct to, like, free with Amazon Prime or right. Netflix. Cause, uh yeah, so I I that's all I know of it, and I read the synopsis because me and Trilina were both like, oh, new Steve Carell flick, no. totally. What's yeah. it about? So we we might end up watching it. Was yeah. it
0: worth watching? Uh, yeah, I think so. Just just to touch on what you said, yeah, it was it was set for a theatrical release originally in in May of 2020, and it was it was put out. I think the rising term is video on demand VOD, um, but it's yeah, it's kind of just like the blanket phrase for movies that would be in theaters if we didn't have a pandemic going on. Yeah. Um. So it was it was good. I mean. I know that you're aware of Space Force, which is, if you don't know, a Netflix show also starring Steve Carell that is on paper a very, like, biting satire of sort of the Donald Trump idea for abolishing NASA and putting in, like, space cowboys. And we're going to have a Space Force. And what. it seems very silly when anybody says it out loud. And when I went into Space Force, watching, I've only watched a couple episodes. I was super disappointed that it wasn't more edgy. So in that respect, this is way more topical. Again, it's like John Stewart is not one to pull punches when it comes to political opinions. So no, the man does not mince words. He does not, and that comes through in this film very, very strongly. And I think in a really, not even necessarily overbearing way. I think Steve Carell gets to kind of play the the very hoity-toity left wing liberal in a in a pretty funny way. There's a lot of comedy here. There's some twists. There's some turns decent performances all the way around. I don't think this is necessarily a game changer in any sense. Like it's not saying anything particularly new. It's the premise of the movie is like, how crazy is this political system? Right. And like, there's nobody that's pushing back against that in this movie. Uh, To give an example, it starts off with right after the election, the 2016 presidential election is determined and the votes are counted. And Steve Carell, as this democratic strategist and Rose Burns character, who's a Republican strategist, go back to a press conference to talk to the media. And it's almost this kind of fourth wall shattery kind of thing where they're talking to these reporters and they're like, listen, we all knew this was going to happen. Anyways, I'm going to tell you some cool stuff. This system's a sham y'all. I'm just lying to you. Fuck you, America. And then they walk off and that's how the movie (laughs) starts. And I was like, Oh snap. Like this is going to be, Definitely a little bit more edgy and a little bit more poignant, maybe have some really strong commentary and it kind of flip-flops throughout the movie. I, in my opinion, it spends a little bit too much time dwelling on, uh, the slapstickier comedy stuff and less time focusing on the things that it sets you up to focus on in that intro, but it's good. You know, it's, it's available. Like I said, a video on demand for like 20 bucks. Um, I don't know. Check it out. If you think that all sounds good. I think if you like Steve Carell in general, this is a, a decent movie to watch. And again, like Chris Cooper, okay. Mackenzie Davis, Tovah Grace, Natasha Lyonne, who you like a lot, Rose Byrne—they're all great, mm-hmm. good to great actors, I think. Do I like Natasha? She's um, she's from yeah. What's the show? I never, I didn't like it, but she—the show—it's like Groundhog Day, but it's her. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Russian oh, doll. Yeah, Russian doll. I never got into that show, yeah. but yeah, she, she's that's pretty her. good. Yeah, and she's fine yeah, in and the, Mc- She has she's a pretty small part in this, but it's it's. Good. And Mackenzie Davis is great. Mackenzie Davis is great. She's okay in this too, yeah. though. You know. Okay. I don't know. And like everybody's okay in this. I think Chris Cooper does a really good job. He's the guy that is uh, convinced by Steve Carell to run for mayor. And he does a really good job towing the line between real sort of rural farmer, but also has a conscience and tries to toe that line. And it has some depth, but a lot of the characters are are pretty flat in this. Hmm. And it doesn't necessarily pick a lane, but you know, watch it if you want
1: i'm picking up a lot of indecision from you what's what's this movie out of 10
0: you know six maybe all right i appreciate the approach i don't think they stuck the landing in a super satisfying way but it's it's still worth a watch i truth be told i don't think maybe rent it for 20 bucks but when it does come to streaming yeah i'd go for it then okay and that's that's you know irresistible you can check it out if you want to rent it now it's available on amazon and Uh, Fandango, if you rent movies there, basically wherever you can rent movies, it's there, but you should just maybe wait for it. Fair enough. Uh, to clarify, you have no flick picks, so maybe we just jump to a break. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay. When we come back, we're talking about a film that we've teased for a few weeks now called the King of Staten Island, which is also available on video on demand. We're going to play a trailer, but outside of that, we're not spoiling anything from the movie. So come on back.
1: Hey out there. It is officially summer. The dog days are here. It's hot. You need cold refreshment, whether that's in the form of a cocktail, a glass of wine, or an ice-cold craft beer. You should go down and check out the Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. They have a fantastic food menu, rotating craft beer all the time, excellent happy hour deals. Every single day of the week from 2 to 6 p.m., you're going to get money off of everything i just said including half off bottles of wine which is an absolutely fantastic bargain they have an amazing patio dogs are welcome it's all ages bring the family check it out get out of the heat and go down and support handlebar chico i like your tattoos what are
0: those numbers on your arm
1: oh that's uh, the date my dad died he was a fireman died in a fire
0: 17 years ago oh my god i'm so sorry don't be it's fine knock knock okay. who's there now your dad. bit a bit it up. it. You
1: can't focus on Scott anymore, honey. He's 24 years old, Marjorie.
0: Let that fucking bird fly, please. Don't
1: worry, mom. I know your daughter got smart and went to college and abandoned us. But I'm still here. I'm going to be here forever.
0: Yeah. People tell me slow-mo. I want to become a real tattoo artist Your work is mad inconsistent Obama ain't right Oh, I love your tattoos This is my favorite
1: <laughs> I've been dating someone for a little while now The first guy you date in 17 years is a fireman just like that? You don't think that's weird? You're going to have to pull your weight a little more around here Maybe help Ray get his kids to school Kelly, do you know him? He's a new friend You okay? You know you could tell me
0: I'm okay Oh, I trained her in the car. She's not going to break. You ever think about putting on the jacket? Why would you even ask me that? What's wrong with being a fireman? It's fine if you don't have kids, because you don't know if you're going to come home or not, and then your kids are fucked up. You make everyone around you feel crazy. People are normal, then they hang out with you, and then they're fucking Jack Nicholson in The Shining or something. i got to tell my mom you tried to drown me. To the around pool, you're, like, fucking eight feet tall. Now, let me tell you something. Your dad was a hero. Heroes are necessary, and they should be allowed to have families.
1: You gotta get your shit together. Time is
0: passing by very quickly.
1: Why do you think I smoke weed all the time? So I can slow it down.
0: I just feel like everybody's always disappointed in me, and I never live up to anybody's expectations. Hey, thanks for listening to all this. You're one of the few people who treat me,
1: you know, like a person.
0: You're welcome.
1: That was a trailer for the brand new Judd Apatow flick, King of Staten Island. Now, a brief synopsis. Scott has been a case of arrested development ever since his firefighter father died when he was seven. He's now reached his mid-twenties, having achieved little, chasing a dream of becoming a tattoo artist that seems far out of reach. As his ambitious young sister Claire, played by Maud Apatow, heads off to college, Scott is living with his exhausted ER nurse mother, played by Marissa Tomei, and spends his days smoking weed, hanging out with the guys, and secretly hooking up with his childhood friend Kelsey, played by Belle Powley. But when his mother starts dating a loudmouth firefighter named Ray, played by Bill Burr, it sets off a chain of events that will force Scott to grapple with his grief and take his first tentative steps towards moving forward in life.
0: Two things. I this, So this is a synopsis from the website from The King of Staten Island. And I did make one correction and left a grammatical error. So if it was like, Scott has been a case. That was my bad, dude. And you handled it so well. The other thing I took out was that Scott is played by Pete Davidson. If you didn't know that, he's a – I think you got to start on SNL, yeah? Yeah. Cool. So this movie was also partially written by Pete Davidson. It was also written by Judd Apatow and a guy named Dave Cyrus. Um, If you don't know Judd Apatow by name, he's done The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Knocked Up, This is 40. Uh, His last feature film was Trainwreck back in 2015. Did he do The Big Sick as well? He was a producer on The Big Sick. Okay. So – he was also I think he was listed as a producer on this. Also fun fact that's not in our notes, this movie was executive produced by Pete Davidson as well, which is basically means bankrolled by him. Which is extra mm. cool because this movie has a lot of uh, biographical things about Pete Davidson. In, in the movie we we find out that his character Scott's dad died in a fire uh, when he was young. And that actually happened to Pete Davidson's dad when he was young, his dad died in 9/11 and we can talk about more of how that kind of those parallels happen throughout the movie. But like you said, yeah, Pete Davidson plays Scott Carlin. His mother is played by Marissa Tomei. I'm just looking through the cast list. The only person you didn't mention is Steve Buscemi because he wasn't, he kind of plays a supporting role as one of the senior firefighters. Uh, He's actually really nice in this. I really like Steve Buscemi. Me too. Did you know that he was actually a career firefighter before he was an actor? I did know that. I learned that today, but I did know it.
1: Nice. I knew that before today, not to brag. Fair enough. Did you uh, know? I just remember. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> what's
0: that? Well, I was going to say, did you know that one of the firefighters who also consulted on this movie is also a firefighter, but also knew Pete Davidson's dad in real life? Oh, wow. And acted in this movie, which there's all sorts of nods and Easter eggs throughout this that I learned about today, which are very, it made me respect the movie a little bit more. That's really cool. I dig that. But I think you were going to maybe say something and I cut you off no okay so yeah this was released a video on demand june 12th so just a couple weeks ago uh, it also became the most rented film uh, for two weekends in a row on all of the major renting platforms and then in the third weekend it only fell behind i think on fandango rental so it's it's been doing really well uh both by numbers and by critical uh response i think it runs two nice. hours and 16 minutes which is uh, a lengthy thing longer than i thought it would uh be it's rated r And a little fun fact, this was, again, it was going to be released at South by Southwest, and then even after that got canceled, they were going to screen it in theaters, and literally two days before it got released on June 10th, it got pulled from theaters because Universal was like, there was a misunderstanding. Sorry about that. They'd sold tickets. It was a whole big thing. And they just decided to make it, basically Universal gave Judd Apatow the option of okay, you can either put it on video on demand or we can do a full theatrical release next year. And he was like, Oof. "His, I think his literal quote I was reading in an interview was, I didn't see any sense in holding back on something that I thought would make people happy right now. Mm, Which is also cool. like, all right, man, fair enough. Um, yeah, I respect that. Yeah, so Johnny, you'd mentioned doing this movie several weeks ago and we finally got to it. I want to know kind of what your expectations were going in and how those matched up to what you actually got.
1: Okay, so expectations were... Um, you know, I knew Pete Davidson from his Saturday Night Live career as well as some of his stand-up comedy. Uh, I'm a fan of his work, and I was expecting it to be uh, a dark comedy, uh, somewhat satirical. Mm. Uh, you know, and I know he's had his issues in the past, and and I knew it was gonna probably be a little bit autobiographical. Just hearing about what the movie was about, and that you know he was, you know, a writer on it and executive right. producer. Like, okay, so this is gonna be like um someone dealing with their shit and maybe not you know acting as much as you know gaining catharsis through this art form right which i thought i was expecting that and i was hoping that that would be the case because i mean that would be something visually stunning Mm. and kind of cool to see someone you know that wrote a movie to basically help them get over something i'm talking looking at honey boy looking at sure yeah um so in that vein, I was kind of expecting something like that. Something dark, but didn't take itself too seriously. Uh, And I was hoping for it not to be too cheesy. uh, And hoping for it to strike a good balance. Uh, And just... oh, I mean, I had reasonably high hopes that this was just going to be good. That's Mm -hmm. really the bottom line. And those were, uh, in fact, confirmed. I was pleasantly surprised with this movie. Uh, It got deep when it needed to. It kept it light. It was a piercing look at uh mental health and self-destruction and Mm self-pity in a lot of ways and uh i thought it was a very interesting firsthand commentary on some of those things like that uh which are important stories and feelings to be told and expressed and normalized on screen so in that way i thought this movie was very uh important and thought-provoking uh in that you know you're looking at someone that doesn't know how to process grief at all yeah and is just completely broken and you're looking at that kind of a glimpse into the life of someone that is trying to process and move on. Uh, and I thought it was really well done. I actually really like this movie a lot. I was way more into it than I thought I was going to be. Uh, and it ended up really hitting home with me. Uh, I think Judd Apatow told a great story, like with his directing. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely more serious than his last few films. Uh, it did not have the the slapstick tongue in cheek of a 40 year old virgin or, or the gross humor of like a knocked up sure. it was you know way more about the substance than the dick jokes, which yeah. you know me I love a good dick joke but, <laughs> yeah fair enough um, when you place. can marry when you can marry dark humor with a film of substance that is actually telling a story worth telling yeah uh, but is still darkly humorous and engaging I think that 's a great balance to strike, and overall, I was super impressed with this movie. I really liked it.
0: Yeah, I came in from sort of a different angle. I'm not a huge fan of Judd Apatow's movies. That said, the one that gets the most praise, um, I wish I could find it right now. I know I haven't seen it, but it's, oh man, I'm going to look it up just because I think it's worth noting here. Um, But most of his movies deal with like a lot of characters that are sort of in a permanent state of, for lack of a better term, like adolescence, just a lot of immaturity. And like you're saying, like Dick Jokes and... I feel like there's a lot of basements and a lot of weed in like all of his yeah. movies, which, you mm-hmm. know, again, maybe time and a place, but it's not necessarily my thing. And so I, I kind of went in sort of expecting that. And like Pete Davidson is not at least on SNL and in his public life, the most, I don't know, deep guy. I think there, he has a lot of bandwidth for sort of some of that shallower, goofier humor. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, the movie's funny people, by the way, it came out in 2009 it was Adam Sandler and Seth Rogen and Leslie Mann. I got a lot of praise okay. for for kind of Judd Apatow taking the dive into a little bit um, more realistic drama and with the comedy stuff woven in. Gotcha. But again, having not seen that I was kind of expecting more of a knocked up 40 year old virgin vibe. So mm-hmm. I went in with low expectations, but was pleasantly surprised. I did have some problems. Like I think it was too long. There's some stuff like it almost felt self-indulgent. It was so long. There's some stuff in there that, and this was maybe hard because it does toe the line of that, well, this really happened thing, but I don't think it's always important to include every single thing just because it happened. So some of, I I, I don't know. I lost some steam at some various points throughout the movie that we'll talk about, but there are some other things like there's a final scene that obviously I'm not going to spoil, but Pete Davidson's character says, uh, I think it'll always be hard, uh, which (laughs) I guess in this context could be taken grossly, but it's, it's a very intimate moment that is shared on screen. And, um, I, that was an improv line, and there's this. Do you know what scene I'm talking about? By the way, yep. Um, and it's just this really emotional moment. I'll just say it's it's between him and his mom, and that kind of stuff. Those moments of real genuine human connection are in this movie enough to make it more than just sort of a an Arrested Development kid story trying to find his way. So I think that was yeah. nice. Um, I I mean, essentially though, this is a story about a kid that's, you know, having a hard time in life and needs to find his motivation and he finds it or doesn't, but he's, he's presented with better role models in his life. And I think it comes down to whether or not you buy his journey. And for me, I didn't super by the end, I think the movie spent most of its time on sort of the pranks and the goofs. And then maybe the last, I don't know, however long kind of trying to redeem it. And it works okay for me, but it it didn't necessarily sell me, you know? Okay, so I, I think I ended up kind of lukewarm on it. Fair enough. I do think it was nice. In an interview, Pete Davidson said that, again, coming back to the bio- biographical stuff, like this is what he imagines his life might have been like if he didn't find success doing comedy. Mm. Which also kind of just makes you it makes you digest it a little bit more, for better or for worse. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, I think a movie like
1: this is for sure more impactful when you look at it through the lens of of pete davidson's real life sure i think if you just looked at this as a movie and not knowing his history and you know the auto or the semi-autobiographical nature of this film it might have not had as much steam if you were just like oh here's this story you know um yeah but the fact that you know the guy that wrote it and executive produced it is kind of lived it in a lot of ways i think that it adds weight to it, and I think it like makes it personally. It made me kind of just try to acknowledge it a lot more as like the retelling of a very personal story versus like a movie that was made for
0: entertainment. Yeah, I'm so conflicted on that because there's a fine line I think between a movie doing that and kind of expanding its appreciation from its audience, and then on the other side of that line, using it as a crutch. I, I was yeah. really trying to step back and and think of this movie objectively. Granted, like I said, like a lot of that stuff really does draw you in and it personalizes it in a way that I found really nice, but. I, I don't know, from a filmmaking perspective, there were a lot of choices, pacing and just movie making kind of one on one stuff in general that I didn't love. So from from a purely critical perspective, I think I'd give it a lower score than it than just kind of the emotional connection, which are not that's fair. totally feasible to separate,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean like know. overall as a movie, it wasn't like a ten, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I agree. It could have been a bit shorter. They could have trimmed it to a tight ninety, and it would have had the same emotional impact.
0: Yeah. To put it in perspective, it was about ten minutes shorter than our movie last week, The Five Bloods. Okay. And maybe that's saying that, something because it didn't feel as long as that movie. It did not. Not even close. Also, we are the only people, as far as I can tell, on Earth that didn't love The Five Bloods. Huh. Everybody loves that movie.
1: Yeah, I listened to Pop Culture Happy Hour. It's
0: yeah. like a, a like a. 30 minute circle jerk for that movie. I got kind of mad, man. I was just like, All right, I know nobody? I like, you're not going to yeah. like yeah. nothing. No, no counter argument from like, no, you're not doing both sides here. You're just like, it was so good. It was perfect. Yeah. It's whatever. It was... Fine. You know? Yeah. Price of having yeah, your I own was opinion, little... I guess. I... Yeah, man. I was a little bummed out about that pop culture too. I was like,
1: is yeah. no one going to like actually critique the movie?
0: I know. It... And at least like I listened to film spotting and they did it as well. And they actually got into some of the more tried and true stuff about the movie itself and like making the movie and not just the cultural moment kind of stuff. And and that was, I just disagreed with them, but they made some compelling arguments, which I at least appreciated. Yeah. But yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Still, but, still disagree. But PCHH was just like, I just love everybody in it. I love that soundtrack. It was great. Yeah. It's like, but, but, but all this other stuff that happened after the first 20 minutes of the movie. I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Whatever. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yep. I don't know. I know. I don't either. <laughs> but I digress.
0: Uh, it's funny
1: that like we both have such an opposite take of the rest of the world. Cause usually like all hate a movie that everyone loves or like I'll love a movie yeah. that's like terribly rated. Sure. And usually you're like the opposite. But the fact that we're like on the same page of you know, this one to me is a little surprising.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It was, I didn't see that coming. I thought at least I'd find some people that I normally read or whatever. And then like, would have my same argument. I did find one actually, but it was like how to dig, you know?
1: Yeah exactly you had to go and find it you didn't it just wasn't out there yeah
0: can we can we spend some time back to the king of staten island talking about relationships in this movie because i think it's a pretty big part of this like i want to spend a little bit of time on his group of friends obviously i think the the relationship with him and and bill burr's character is pretty important obviously like him and his mom we should maybe talk about a little bit did did those relationships work for you did the characters work do they work together
1: i really liked his relationship with him and his mom Uh ah i think i think marissa Tomei is a good actress yeah okay um, some of it got a little little unbelievable. What what kind of stuff? Like uh where like all when she like when she slammed the door in his face and was Dude. just like I'm out.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, i was like, all right, okay. I know you have a glass of wine, but man.
1: Yeah. Okay. Like just some of the character choices, like in the writing choices with that was, was a little odd. And then I mean the relationship with him and Bill Burr, I think was um I liked it. I, I thought that their interaction was, was pretty funny. Like they kind of got a lot of things, right? Like just talking shit with the boys at a baseball game. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was, it was pretty well done in that regard. And,
0: uh, are you, are yeah, you a I, fan I, of I, Bill Burr's comedy in general? Uh, yes. I like Bill Burr quite a bit. So I know that he exists. I've seen some stuff and I was watching, you know, that feeling that you're seeing like, where do I know you from? I mm-hmm. was <laughs> so watching like, a good chunk of this movie and, and this white Irish dude with a mustache. I don't know if he's Irish, whatever. Uh, I'm like, who are you? And then he yelled, he like yelled at Pete Davis. And I go, is that fucking bill Burr? <laughs> it's just, uh, I also had that experience with, um, his sister, Claire, who was mod Apatow. Did you, do you know what you recognize her from? No, it took, did you recognize her or not really? No. Okay. Well, she, she was in euphoria. Oh, she yeah, played right. she Zendaya's what? like friend from younger years. I was like, man, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't figure that one out yeah. on my own, but actually, just in that same vein, Kelsey Scott's girlfriend in the movie, Belle Powley, did she mm-hmm. look familiar to you? Yeah, yes, White Boy Rick. Oh, I know I she was the sister, she was the sister, yeah, yeah.
1: Yep, I hate that movie I so much terrible mood now <laughs> why did you bring up that movie um
0: i wanted to mention i mean like there's lots of people that are like i feel like i know you from something because there's tons of cameos in this like i'm looking at a list here um there's a bunch of stand-up comedian cameos mostly people i yes. haven't heard of but uh pauline chalamet lynn Coplets, and uh, uh, the list goes on and on and i feel like like machine gun kelly's in this and mm-hmm. what's what's the Here's- big dude's name action bronson at the end yeah, Action Bronson showed up at the end. I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah. Like you can tell this is a movie where Pete Davidson's like, "You know what? I got some control. Like, you're a homie. You're a homie. You deserve the spotlight. Let's. You're in my movie, mm-hmm. and that's cool." Also, yeah, shout out like- to Moises Arias from Hannah Montana. <laughs> right. Who's <laughs> uh, I can't think of his character's name right now, but like the only kind of decent friend in their group. Hmm. I loved. Yep. It. I-, I loved his thing, like with his um, his potentially catfishing girlfriend yeah some of that <laughs> stuff's really funny like that is the judd apatow comedy kind of the like the improv sort of just sh- bouncing lines around that you get some really good one-liners and i laughed out loud several times in this movie that's i shouldn't uh understate that yeah that makes sense yeah i, I totally did too um yeah i mean did the did the sort of sister brother thing do anything for you not really Yeah, I I, Uh, felt okay. It's one of those situations, too, that once I learned that Maude Apatow actually spent time getting to know Pete Davidson's sister, it's like, okay, like, I appreciate it more. But I don't think it necessarily helps the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely rung true of a person that grew up, like, with a very depressed sibling. Sure. Yeah, Uh, I think it was pretty accurate to that. And I mean, you know relationships like that aren't necessarily the most enjoyable to watch and yeah. sometimes they're they're difficult i yeah. think they wrote their characters very well um yeah i think that was i mean the the whole like when he went to the college with her like yeah. to visit and stuff i feel like that was all just a mechanism to get him to a party um yeah because they needed like a party montage, montage. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um, the, yeah this movie needed, also very they, yeah that's that's very apatowian it's so
0: apatowian absolutely it is it's but this movie apatow aside definitely needed like or maybe didn't need the party montage but i knew it was gonna have it and it needed like well that's i guess spoilery. never mind i'll say it later can we talk about harold for a minute yes (laughs) like that kid that kid uh was intense for some of it he's oh he was awesome like when his friend goes not harold's friend but when uh man what's the character's name um I don't know. His friend uh you know, the one that's like, "I'm gonna call you Harry." And Harold's like, yeah. "Not Harry. Harold." I was like, yep. "I'm not I'll never call him Harry in my life. That kid's gonna mess me up." Mhm. Um I thought that kid was funny. Raised yeah, kid. he was pretty good. Yeah, but I don't I don't know. Can this is actually tough to talk about sort of the trimming of the fat without spoiling stuff. So maybe maybe if you're good, we we put a pause on this.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think we should rate it, and then we'll get into the brass tacks of what we didn't like, and maybe some spoilers and stuff at the end of the Sounds show. Sounds
0: good. Okay, uh, Age Before Beauty. Wait, that's me. That is yes. you, my friend. Absolutely. My it
1: is.
0: Out of 10. Okay. Out of 10, this movie, um, honestly, it feels like a 7.8. 7.8. It's a 6 for me for all the reasons we just talked about. If you get a chance to watch The King of Staten Island... Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your takes if you think that we're right. Let us know if you think that we're wrong. Definitely let the person who you think was wrong, let the other person know. We can't handle that. Our egos are too fragile. Uh, and I think we go to our second beer. But when we talk about this movie again at the end of the show, we're going to spoil it. So once you get there, we'll give you one more warning. But my lord, my friend, I've just made the longest run on sentence of my life, perhaps. And I need it's still going second beer. But I'm wondering if we need to pop to a quick break or at least an imaginary break so we can each grab our beers out of the fridge. I was just going to say, Max, go ahead and open that beer. Oh, well, great. I will definitely open that beer starting right now. And I'm going to talk about that beer before I open it. It's a beer called Agreeable Folk by Society Brewing out of San Diego. We've never done them on the show before, but Johnny's talked about them a bunch. It's an IPA. It's 7.5%. And they say this, this easy drinking IPA clocks in at a surprising 7.5%. And it's packed with, here goes, Citra, Comet, and Idaho 7 Hops making a second mention on the show today. This tropical mouth party is birthday, b- bursting with fiber oh notes my shot of apricot, nectarine, and mango accompanied by some underlying resinous and citrus characteristics. Johnny Summers, you have yours in front of you. It's a lovely, let's say, magenta and pink, sort of almost painted on looking can. Why don't you open it up if you haven't yet? I actually genuinely I, don't know if you have or not. Have you? I just opened it and poured it. Lovely. What are you looking at? Because I need to do the same. I am
1: looking at a very clear... Very light colored beer. It's very light and uh pale yellow. Lighter than I thought it was going to be for an IPA. Uh, yeah. I'm super stoked. I haven't smelled it yet. Let's take a sniff. Take a big old sniff. Smells like an IPA. There's definitely a lot of fruit coming out. A lot of fruit. Uh, I hope there's not too much mango because
0: I don't like mango. Dude, it smells, yeah, I was going to say more like nectarine, but there's definitely that sort of sweet, fruity, fleshy kind of fruit flesh, not normal flesh, not human oh, flesh. wow. What, what do you what got? Is
1: ha- Whoa. Oh, it keeps going. I don't oh, know wow. if it's
0: good or not. So this actually is a Ooh. super fresh beer, by the way. This was canned yeah. uh, also just about a month ago. Good job this week, man. These are both super fresh. Uh, you know, I bring that fire. but got to do it. Um, what just keeps going? You said it keeps going. What is? The flavor. Like it just developed. Like I took a sip
1: and then it was one thing and then it kept going and then it was another thing and then it was bitter and then I don't know what's happening right now. In a good this way. This beer just like, like Mortal Kombat punched my mouth.
0: Oh, nice. Well, which character would you say? scorpion it's got to it, it's, it's be scorpion right? get over here get over here it, man clean bright and tropical it says on the can it sounds Oof. like just based on your reaction that's darn close yeah dude this beer packs a punch man i was not
1: expecting this much flavor out of this beer holy crap
0: i'm glad to hear it because it's again seven and a half percent i'm wanting i'm want. Uh, i want something that's making a very strong statement at this point
1: This beer is making a lot of statements. Have you tried it yet? I'm about to. Whew, man. You go everywhere from, like, earthy to super tropical fruity to, like, super bitter to, like, a little bit of maltiness to, like, finishing resinous and piney.
0: Mm. This beer is wild, dude. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I picked up a lot of that same stuff, but in a different order. For me, it was, like, bright, hoppy. Kind of earthy and almost musty. And then it mellows out. I hate to use the word, but a little bit stale by the end. Like it's okay. finished. It's finishing a little bit, f- uh, not, not flat carbonation wise, but uh, flavor, flavor wise, palette wise <laughs> is maybe a little bit better. It's it's like sitting heavy and kind of, um, I don't know the right word for this. It's kind of a different experience than most beers, but uh, yeah. yeah, I guess heavy's the closest I can get. It's interesting. That's- it's definitely interesting. Yeah, there's so many
1: flavors. This is a like the m- most complex just single IPA, which single IPA feels like a weird sentence to use when it's got you know f- three different hops
0: in it and almost eight percent.
1: Yeah, I like find it hard to believe that this isn't categorized as I would have believed this is a double IPA.
0: I would have as well. Yeah, especially because it does, and maybe it's just the. I always point out Idaho seven hops ever since you told me there's a lot of dirt in Idaho.
1: <laughs> you know, I there always, is, man.
0: I always notice it. And then I look for that kind of earthy vibe. Cause it, I think it is classified as a more earthy hop, but sometimes that earthy wire gets crossed with sort of the, the musty basement kind of, uh, wire. And I, I don't know it, that when it, when that basementy sort of mustiness comes through, it it definitely takes a strong stance in a beer. Okay. Yeah,
1: this is definitely taking a firm stance. Like this beer is like,
0: poof. Woof. Yeah, is it is it working for you? I'm enjoying it. Not gonna lie. Okay,
1: it's pretty nice. It's yeah. <sighs> what do you think? Because I'm I think
0: I'm liking it. I'm yeah. Thinking, I think I'm a I'm a drinking and I'm a liking. I'm a drinking and I'm a liking. I I I think I'm a I'm a soft like at the moment. I've only had one sip, and it's it's I think good so far. But I, need, I definitely yeah. need to explore more. This is not one that I could do after one sip, uh, sadly. So uh, any other thoughts as you drink a little bit more and it develops maybe? Yeah, it
1: hits you right away with like a tropical punchy hoppiness. And like you said, it kind of fades away like smoke. Just like it doesn't linger uh, in like a positive way. Like I want that good flavor to last a little bit longer. Yeah. But it is like if you drink this beer like reasonably fast, like you don't sip it and you like take a gulp of it. Like, this is a like a crushable IPA, I would say. Like, this is <laughs> one I'd want to just, like, pound.
0: Just, I mean, you, yeah, if you just plug your nose, close your eyes, and pound it real quick, you're going to fucking love it. Well, not even that, dude. Yeah, I no, like
1: I know, the I way that um, – I mean, seriously, though. I tell everyone this, and it's weird, but it's true. A lot of times I enjoy IPAs if I, like, swallow them faster because, I don't know, they just hit your mouth different. You get a different feeling. You get different notes. Sometimes if you let it linger in your mouth a little bit more, it it does get more complex and sometimes that's good, sometimes that bad. It's kind of like a beer by beer basis, but this is a beer where if I was sitting at a bar and I took a sip of this, I'd be like, "Okay." And then I would probably polish off half the glass and mm-hmm. then use like maybe two more drinks to finish off the rest of the glass. I'd be like, "This is a beer best like consumed hungrily."
0: Yeah, are you saying You'll put it in your mouth, immediately swallow and like do that whole fat thing fast, or like you'll let it sit in your mouth and then the moment you go to swallow, just (laughs) shove it down. Um I don't know. Let me take a fast drink and I'll tell you. Okay, because for me it's like I don't know, man. I go in and and the first maybe third of drinking this, if you count the start of raising the glass to your nose, and then by the time it totally leaves your mouth, as the whole the first third is very, very titillating and then something happens for me where it's just like okay that's kind of a bummer. And I'm not sure exactly yeah. what that is yet but I think I'm getting close.
1: I mean it levels out to kind of
0: almost a, a tangy bitterness. In like 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 a tangy sounds good to me. Tangy sounds zesty and citrusy. It, it, for me it's more like wow, like what's a
1: musty a, sour.
0: Yeah, like a a bitter but not exactly a hot bitterness like a yeah, like almost sour. Yeah. It's throwing me off
1: a little. It bit. does. That that I mean some bitter some bitter things like when you eat like Baker's chocolate like ninety percent oh, cacao hate it it leaves you with like a bitter yeah sourness like it's it's sour bitter it's a weird thing that's like uh, there's probably like a super science-y smart sure. person word for it where like when something super bitter leaves your mouth feeling sour or tasting sour yeah yeah I don't know what it is but that it's a thing and I've noticed it with Baker's chocolate like I love super dark chocolate so I love that in this beer it leaves that like. It does. My mouth feels like sour, like old, like sour beer. It's weird, and you like, I it? like it. That's so yeah, I'm not That's such a it.
0: weird, uh, weird stance. It feels to me.
1: Yeah. So I've evaluated the steps that go into my quick drink, my my quick IPA oh, drink. Late on me. Okay. So without really much hesitation, you lift the beer to your lips. I'm gonna try it. Fill while you're your doing mouth. This. All right. You fill your mouth like well. You have to listen. Yeah, you're it right. I, swear, I can't do that. Yeah. It's it's like. I'm going to do this while I'm reading the instructions. Wait, I need to read the instructions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, you just lift the beer, like you're not trying to smell it, you're just trying to drink it. Fill your mouth to a comfortable level and just down it. Just like down. you're not savor like you don't need to savor this beer. You need to just drink it. And the just stance is it.
0: this makes it more enjoyable because
1: um for me it makes it way more enjoyable because the best parts of it that you're describing linger longer. I'm going to give it a go. All right. Give it a go. Give it that fast drink.
0: Here we are. We're listening to Matt's fast drink. Um, shit, man. There's something about – I think it's the mouthfeel slash the alcohol presence at the very end. It's almost leaving me feeling like it's a triple IPA. Hmm, because there's this is really heaviness I that's – I don't know. It's just not – it's not computing with the rest of what I'm tasting. It's so weird. No, I mean that makes sense. Um
1: I actually looked up uh, a couple things, and this is from justbeerapp.com. It's an article about uh, IPAs versus double IPAs. And yeah, some yeah. of the main characteristics of double IPAs is they're richer in texture and they have additional malt uh, and they also have more booze. So essentially, if you're getting way more texture and like way more booziness, uh, if it's, I mean, technically, this is still a single IPA or an IPA because it's under 9%. I thought um, it was eight. Double IPA uh this list has it uh nine nine percent or higher i, I think it's a double ipa
0: you said this was on what'd you say beer app uh that was from just dot com. i i think i'd go to bat for this one i'm i'm pretty sure that it's it's universally accepted as eight percent all right let's i just pulled up a beer advocate sure. uh
1: list let's see what they say but you can keep talking while i read this sure. real quick
0: yeah I, I don't know man even if that's true like I want to like this, too, because the can is so neat, but you seem like you found some information.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, please, go ahead. This was a very
0: concise... I was just filling. I was filling time. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, dude, this is a super well... Like, did you write this article? It's so well organized and formatted. Thank you so much. I just... I scrolled right down to where it said alcohol. Yeah. Uh, Once an IPA reaches the 7% alcohol by volume range, it's entered into double IPA turf. Okay. So you... uh, So...
0: Huh. That well, where's so, this, like, this beer
1: advocate? Yeah. Uh you want to aim between seven and nine percent for a double IPA. It's kind of like saying eight in a way. Right? So like <laughs> this this for all intents and purposes and mouthfeels excuse me, could theoretically be classified as a double IPA. I guess. That's such a like, weird why thing. Why is I keep, why is this beer not a double IPA? So I
0: keep talking about it seems like it comes up the past couple of weeks, our, our beer encyclopedia of beers we've covered on the show. And I've been going off of beer advocate descriptions and, and qualifications because I feel like at some point you just have to pick because everybody has kind of their own benchmark for what is what. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I haven't seen an IPA on there that's less than 8%, but I, I mean, it could be wrong, obviously. But that that's very shocking to me that it, they call it seven. There it is, But maybe huh. that's right. Uh, maybe i mean i guess it is it just must be right you know is there a way to verify this what's like the i don't the beer what's the beer competition like is there a beer bible there needs to be oh if there's not a book out there called the beer bible yeah i mean that's yeah you gotta you gotta get that down super fast
1: wait we gotta stop recording i gotta just go trademark that that
0: for sure yep um all right well i mean i guess to some extent too though you have to respect what the people that brewed it call it. And they call it a, just an IPA. All right, see, that's well the, that's what that's what the gonna... thing though, my man, like I think either beer advocate or untapped called this an American IPA, which is what they call a single IPA. Yeah. Like look this up on beer advocate and see what it says. If it says double or Imperial IPA, I guess I was wrong, but I think I'm willing to bet that it just says American IPA, which is very confusing because then it's the question of, is it strictly the ABV that, dictates whether or not it's a singular or a double or is there another factor that we're apparently not aware of
1: no the, the i mean obviously the amount of hops literally and malt sure. are two okay, major sure, factors sure. so it's amount of hops the ibus obviously you know malts and alcohol content those are the three factors that define ipa versus double IPA. yeah
0: fair enough what does it say for this one
1: uh folk, are we looking at uh beer advocate let's yeah let's try beer advocate i
0: think yeah i think that makes
1: the most sense all right, let's see. Agreeable folk IPA dash American.
0: It's an American, so like, and then if it, what did you say it was? Double IPA or Imperial IPA? Um,
1: it's just, it's real hoppy, it's real big, it's real different. Yeah,
0: but nomenclature aside, you like it, I like it significantly less. I think. Do you want to talk more about it, or do you want to rate it?
1: I think it's a very agreeable beer. I think it's a unique. <laughs> Don't just say uh, it. Fruit. Don't,
0: that. Was very smooth, my friend. Just throw out it agreeable. It's
1: a- I think it's a unique and uh, fun drinking experience. I think it doesn't taste like a lot of IPAs I've had before. That's true. I don't think it's bad. I think it's very different, and I think it's nice to be surprised in this crazy game we call craft beer every once in a while. Something comes out at you with a left hook to the liver, and you're just like, oh, what are you? I don't I, know, but I, I, I think I like
0: it. But if milk came out of this can, I wouldn't be like, I'm so glad. I'm surprised. I'd be like, this is a can of milk. You and know it's because it's labeled as beer max <laughs> that oh, yeah. would just be crazy pants uh, this is labeled as agreeable and I am very disagreeable on this but let's let's give it an out of ten man
1: yeah uh I think it's 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 very unique uh it is memorable in its yeah. oddness okay uh, it's definitely odd I mean, I'm gonna go out and say that it's odd this beer feels like a like a six seven for me a 6.7.
0: That seems, yeah, I that think seems, this is. Yeah, seems right.
1: Yeah, I know, right? My rating matches up to my 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 characterization of the beer. It's it's very impressive. Every week,
0: you my, always. say I that know that I does, do, but it's true. Right. Like, you're, yeah, you're you're very consistent. It's very it's very trustworthy. I think your argument backs up your and your eventual rating. So, props. And gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> gosh darn it, people like me. I'm gonna give it a four. Oh shit. And I'm actually feeling generous. I'm I'm really toying between a three and a four at this point. Wow. Did you just full on slap this beer in the face? Look, I don't like it. What did agreeable folk do to you? <sighs> they were disagreeable.
1: Jesus. It's like when
0: somebody comes four. into a party and is like, I'm likable, and it almost makes you be like, I feel like I hate you a little bit. Wow. And that's what that's Jesus. what its flavors are doing for me. I don't know, man. It's it's just not it's not my thing, I guess. It's I guess not. And I wish I could fall back on like, well, it's not that fresh. It's pretty damn fresh. And it's just I don't like it. That's fine. I don't like it.
1: Yeah, obviously.
0: <laughs> Jesus Murphy.
1: Straight yeah. four.
0: So if That's you, disrespectful. If you sweet listener, agreeable or disagreeable with what we're saying, let us know. It's a six point seven for Johnny, a four for me. Uh how much was it, Johnny? Where'd you get it? And where can other people get it?
1: Also, like five bucks S and S. They have a couple IPAs that are very fresh from society that I think you should go check out. The single IPA that comes in the white 12 ounce can for like 350 399 is really good. Uh, I shout out friend of the show, Jacob Dickman. I saw he just posted it on his Instagram. Oh. I liked that shit. How's he doing? I like that beer. He's doing good.
0: Good. <laughs> yeah. Um, all
1: um, right. So, yeah, yeah. About, cool. about, about five bucks for this can. Go check out SNS, man. They got good stuff.
0: Yeah, fair enough. All right, let's move into Hot and Bothered. Uh, when we talk about what's got us very happy or very upset slash sad for the week, Johnny, you've got a few. So why don't you kick us off? <laughs> this segment is, this is like where I shine. This yeah, is like my just, part of the show. And I'm, I'm actually kind of mad that you have, uh, the first thing you have listed and I'll, I guess I'll just chime in once you get there. So kick it off. Why do, do you have mad about the first thing I have listed? It's not really mad, but the show that you're talking about, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken is alone and it's on Hulu, right? Yeah. So it's – what is it, Johnny? (laughs) I don't need to do it. It's awesome. Yeah.
1: It is awesome. It is the survival somewhat reality show that I've wanted my whole life, and it makes me want to go out into the woods because these people are idiots, (laughs) and I feel like I could do it. Sure. Uh, I'd probably fail, but I feel like I could give it the old try. So basically what Alone is, it's 10 survival like quote-unquote experts. Sure. Sure. Uh, they're essentially going out to try and survive alone in the wilderness (laughs) with, with just, with just cameras. Like that's to me, that's a factor. Like there's no camera crew around. Yeah. It's just just them. I'm sorry. I'm just literally picturing
0: you in like a shirt and a tie with a little pointer, like addressing a conference room, like the elevator pitch for this. You're like, all right, guys, listen, this is it. These people, (laughs) these people are alone. (laughs) And like, what are you going to call it? (laughs) Fucking alone. I guess. Obviously
1: we're going to call it alone. (laughs) Yeah, um, and I like it because there's no set amount of time. The show goes on as long as it has to. Mm. There's no survive 30 days, right. and then you'll do challenges with another person to see who gets eliminated. Right? It's literally you're alone with your thoughts. The one show I saw almost went a hundred days. Damn, just alone. Yeah, dude. It is so intense and so visceral, and you see people at their highest highs and their lowest lows. And you've seen... I've seen, I've watched four seasons so far. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude. I'm all in on this show, brother. You have no idea. It's a problem. Like, I've seen people get pulled out for literally starving themselves and losing so much of their body mass yeah. that they're facing organ failure. And Yikes. then they're still fighting to not leave. Like, this is not a show that is weak yeah. or, like... Overproduced. This isn't survivor. This isn't even survivor man. This isn't naked and afraid. They get close. No, dude. This isn't naked and afraid. This is, I just went five days without eating and I haven't pooped in a week. Yeah. And I think my body's shutting down and like people <laughs> having to deal with that. It's and that does it for the you? most. Dude, it's the most real thing I've ever seen because I'm like, I'm kind of an outdoorsman. I, I wouldn't say that I'm anywhere near on this level, but I love fishing. I love camping. I love, yeah the aspects of this show and i've i've done some remote camping not again not to this extreme, but like not like this but the whole idea and the premise fascinates me and that it's really people testing themselves not just in their skills and abilities but also in their mental fortitude yeah and the the inner turmoil that some people can overcome and some people that can't deal with for three days yeah uh it's just one of the most fascinating things I've ever seen, because every season is such a character study of resilience or lack thereof, strategy or lack thereof. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it because you can only bring like ten things with you. Yes, it's it's crazy. Like it's it's hardcore like survival. I think it's it's one of the most genuine. It's technically a reality TV show, I guess, but it, it's like uh, the yeah. least the least produced yes like most genuine television that i've ever seen huh. in a like a competition for money type situation
0: yeah yeah i don't uh, think you've mentioned and, the money by the way like these just sound like insane people that are just doing this oh yeah whoever wins gets five hundred thousand dollars is it is it i thought it was maybe 50 because i originally i was like is it five hundred thousand I was like no nah, it's crazy
1: no every season's been five hundred thousand yeah. dollars and this newest season they're like three episodes in uh, it's a million dollar season and they have to last a hundred days it's oh, crazy snap. wait
0: is the new Dude. season on hulu or is it just on tv
1: no it's just on tv i yeah. haven't actually been able to watch it okay. because i don't have the hulu live but right. i've watched everyone that's available streaming on hulu and it's it's ferociously addictive and like you get super like to know these people because mm. it's just them filming themselves mm-hmm. for you know months it's Dude, if you haven't watched Alone, like, I'm so into it, it's not even funny. Well,
0: this is why I'm mad, is because I have watched Alone. Okay. And I don't like it. (laughs) Why not? So, Sean, friend of the show and patron, uh, slash, all-around good dude. I know him. Yeah, you do. Him and his wife, Kristen, we were were FaceTiming Gianna and I and and those two one night, and I was like, hey, you guys got to watch Hate Thy Neighbor on Hulu, and they were like, you guys got to watch Alone on Hulu. And we both agreed to watch each other's recommendations and Gianna's loving it. And those two love it. And apparently you love it and everybody loves it. And I don't care. And I just feel like I'm not part of the club. And that's why alone seeing it written on this note sheet made me mad. Why don't you care, man? I don't care. I don't like, I I think it's cool that people want to explore their outdoor skills and money is awesome. I just, I don't find it interesting really. Like, really? I, I don't know, man. Why not? i'm not sure it just doesn't grab me and i I want it to grab me i've watched about three episodes i mean man it's it's
1: like the most raw form of like a person i know just alone in the woods maybe i don't maybe i don't like
0: that version of people maybe i just want like keep your shirt buttoned up and your tie straight and go to your job and that's the like i I don't want to bump into this person at the grocery store i want i want the, the societal person
1: I want people like this to still exist because without people with this type of just grit, they we would not
0: live on the West coast of the United States. Well, that's, that's, that's true. But I, I also feel like if people had iPhones back in the day, they would have gone about getting to the West a little bit differently. You know, it, like we had to do that kind of stuff back then. And it's cool to do it now. I get it. I fish gross me out. I don't like the fishing stuff. Fish, fish in general gross me out. They bother me when they're out of the water. I'm like, gross. So, I'm starting
1: to think this show just isn't for
0: you. It's absolutely not for me. But I'm starting I, like, I, to think I, you would. I do well outdoors. I, I outdoors. I love doing outdoors. I love hiking and camping, and um, throwing shovels that have axe edges on them. Cool. Why yeah, not? That's all shit that like you could go home that night. Like, oh yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to like. Yeah, I don't want to because I think the bar for the show is like a year. Nobody's ever lasted that long, but they they say like one year, and like the most is like a few months, right? Uh, there was a a gal. I think she was a, a commercial fisherman from Alaska.
1: Mm-hmm. And she, I mean, it, she didn't go that long in the show. Yeah. But she had done, her and a friend did a year and a half uh, in the Outback. When like, nobody was recording?
0: Yeah. Oh, so did I. Oh, cool. <laughs> like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, maybe. But like, if yeah. Guinness Book of World Records wasn't there to film it, you know. Well, I mean, there's people that live like
1: this permanently that we'll probably never meet. Have you seen that, that show?
0: Um, Gianna loves it. It's like Alaska. It's not called Alaska, but it's like that. And there's yeah, just bush pe- people. Bush people, sure. And they just live. Yeah. Do you like that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't care. Like, get um, a fucking house. I, guys. I mean,
1: I've I've seriously considered like, and I think it's interesting the off grid living. I think it's really really interesting.
0: Well, I do too. I, as a philosophy.
1: No, as a practical application, because yeah. philosophy does All not, right. you know, philosophy does not equal action.
0: No, that's I what I'm people saying. That
1: like unplug themselves from like needing PG&E or like needing a grocery store are like living the purest form of humanity. And I think being self-sufficient is really cool. Like I strive to be self-sufficient as much as possible in my personal life. And I feel like the people on this show just take it to the massive extreme of the next level.
0: Well, yeah, I admire that. I, I, again, like I like it as a thought experiment. But like I'm not trying to give up beer and Cheetos and you know, like there's days where I'm like I'm so sick of technology. But then I realize, oh, technology allows me to talk to you every week and I love that. Like I could go for a couple months maybe living in the bush, but I don't know. My whole life, that's and that's not even the show we're talking about, but like the bush people thing? Uh-uh. No way. You know how rare it is mm. that we get to live in this time of like uh, granted, we're about to just ruin everything as a species, but yeah. we're, we're in this Those little bubble. Like we have this amazing opportunity. Like we know people that might go to space one day. I, that's cool. Like I'm not trying to revert back to what happened thousands of years ago just because nobody does it anymore. That's just me personally.
1: I like it. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I I think you could get yeah. into it if you um had a bit more empathy to but be clear you're obviously like dead inside <laughs>
0: the show or actually doing this stuff what you, should you i dip could never to? do this you no. could
1: never do this i'm talking about the show
0: yeah i mean i'd rather do that thing than watch the show watching the show is the weird part for me like, i don't get any thrills from it
1: i get thrills from it in that i am super like i have like empathy like i'm super stoked when like somebody does good like I get people that yeah. end up winning. Like it's fun looking back and like the hardships they went through and how they figured it out, how they yeah. adapted and evolved on the fly and figured out how, cause like the main problem is like how to fucking feed yourself. Like where's food? How do I get food? Like, yeah. Water's easy. Fire is easy. Yeah, Like, you know, and being able to sustain yourself for more than like a week by yourself in the woods is to me massively impressive just because you can survive like what way longer with just like you can, there's the whole thing. Like you can survive X amount of days without food. Like it's way longer than water, but you can only survive like a couple days without water. You can
0: survive seven days without water and 21 days without food.
1: Yeah. Which is
0: insane. Yeah, it is insane.
1: Yeah. But just like seeing people go toe to toe with that, to me, that's fascinating. And it's, it's, it's like a testament to what humans are actually capable of. Sure, and it is kind of it, it's like a throwback to like what got us to this point. So I figure if you can't respect where humans came from, you can't appreciate where we are now.
0: You're like an outdoor cuck. <laughs> you like watching other people do it, and you're just like sitting there, like, oh, I respect you so much. No,
1: I, 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 I might sign up someday, man. I might try out. I don't know. Yeah. I, Didn't they have like
0: thousands of people, and it got down to ten, right?
1: yeah dude 10 people every season just 10
0: yeah that's that's Uh, pretty nuts already
1: you know what it does though because i mean i know getting on the show is like a virtual impossibility it makes me want to explore like bureau of land management Mm. wild public land that i could hike in and camp and like see if i could make it for like three days like not bringing much food like just figure it out you know, and, like, make your own fires. Like, I would love to go do that with you for, like, a Friday through Sunday. I'm down for that kind of stuff. That sounds great. Because there's a lot of hike-in camping within a couple-hour drive of here that I could talk to you about off-air that, like, we could go, you know, you bring a shovel and that's your bathroom type situation. Sure.
0: I never understood why and people I, bury their poop.
1: Uh, it, There's a lot of reasons, man. You
0: don't even know. I don't. Shit gets deep. That, all right. I will take that pun so happily right now, but, but really quickly moving on. What You got sunburned. Is that what's happening? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I have other things to talk about in my part of the show. <laughs> Is this forgot. when you
0: invited me and I chose not to go? Yeah.
1: yeah. I uh, I keep inviting you because someday you're going to come with us. absolutely it it's, will.
0: it's It's more fun than you give it credit for. No, no, no. Do you know what I thought the day that you invited me? What? I thought I'm going to get the worst sunburn if I go today.
1: Yeah. And it sucked because I reapplied several times. Yeah. And... Uh it's only on my, my stomach from like two inches oh. below my nipple to my waistline, <laughs> just on my right side. Yeah. And I realized it was my beer drinking hand. Is that what it is? And like Yeah, you're just like, Yep, I take a sip moving. and like I slide my hand across my belly. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I'm fat. And I'm yeah. sliding my wrist <laughs> across my beer belly. Oh, that's awesome. And that's what got sunburned. <laughs> and it's so like the part literally, that's sticking the out of the water. sun. Yeah. So literally the sun highlighted the part of my body that is protruding the most. Yeah. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Thanks son.
1: Yeah. So that's been
0: fun. Yeah.
1: But yeah, you should get out there with us one
0: time, man. I would like to. Yeah. That sounds great, man. Yep. What else you got? Uh, I have one last thing.
1: It's something that we've touched on. If you're a listener of the show, you know, I have a very strong affinity for the beer from victory brewing company called sour monkey. It's a sour triple. That's like nine and a half percent. We absurd. just talked about this like two weeks ago. Yeah. We're yeah, talking yeah. about doing one because you've had one aging for a year. Yeah, we have. A, um, we well, I was just agreement. at Spikes. Yeah, yeah. And I was just at Spikes uh, today, like like four hours ago. And because I, I sell them some kombucha and whatnot. And yeah. uh, I found that Sour monkeys now available in six pack cans. Isn't that crazy? And it's so bomb. I bought a six pack immediately and I'm super
0: stoked to try it out. Dude, I feel like. You don't really see sour triples that often. So when I ran across Sour Monkey in its 12-ounce bottle form, when it was sold as an individual bottle, I was like, wow, this is like a really weird anomaly. And now it's just coming in six-packs and cans. I'm like, I feel like this is the like the trashiest sour triple in the world. Like they're branding it. I don't know. I feel like something's off with that. But I'm stoked.
1: Yeah. I'm going to drink the crap out of it.
0: I'm yeah, super
1: stoked. How much did that run you? Uh, it was thirteen ninety nine for yeah. the
0: six-pack. That's about right.
1: But yeah. I mean, we pay that more than that for a four-pack, sixteen-ounce can. So I'm not tripping
0: of Sour Monkey. No, of just like things. Oh yeah, I was gonna say you are tripping because yeah, but yeah, for sure.
1: So yeah, I'm super stoked on that. If you haven't had that beer, there's never been a better time to grab it because twelve-ounce cans are the business. Yep, uh, and six packs are you get a bunch of them.
0: So yeah, yeah, that's great. Go buy some Sour Monkey. Yeah, it's good beer. Yeah, for sure. Hell, yeah. What do you got, man? You've I, done any manual labor these days? Yeah, and I think we should lead with your redaction of my hat thing.
1: I oh want, yeah, I want that my on hat. record. Publicly, I declare before the land <laughs> that I was wrong, yeah. that Max would never do any actual real work in his new Carhartt hat. I give him so much shit because he loves Carhartt gear. and I'm like, They make good products. Really, bro? I'm, I know they do. I wear yeah. them to work. I know. You drive I around lift. in an air-conditioned car all day. What are you talking about? Dude. I drive a forklift. I okay. run the warehouse. I like, right. do warehouse work. Like you don't know, motherfucker. Come with me tomorrow. <laughs> what are you doing? Get in
0: the truck. Get I, in the truck. I'd love to. I got a Carhartt hat. I'm qualified. Get in the truck.
1: You. I'll be. At, I'll, I'll be at the office at six a.m. Can I you really come come get in with the truck? Hundred percent. You could come with me. That
0: actually sounds kind of fun.
1: You should come with me sometime. I was up at five forty-five today. Come with me on a Thursday. It's my Reading route. We can get some time on the road. Oh shit! I'm
0: not you trying can, to go to Reading
1: oh sh- oh i know that sounds like work right
0: hit me up when you're staying in chico so i can get a yeah good lunch.
1: okay no nope oh you just want to come out for the lunch break yeah i want to i want to audit oh i see you're to come out head to toe in carhartt for lunch <laughs> i'll buy i'll buy a onesie i don't care uh, they make carhartt coveralls yeah, i know yeah i could see you and i almost
0: bought some ironically
1: Oh God, if you ever do, I might just stab <laughs> you, like just
0: on site. Like, I will tell you, you what I'll do. If I do buy a set of coveralls, I will paint a fence while wearing them. That's fair. Like in the winter, because those things uh, are hot. Yeah. So basically I went I went down to my, my mom's house this weekend and we have, the, like I, we have this big fence around the property. It's probably like 300 yards altogether. It's okay. long. And my mom hired a painting company to do some of it. And she was like called me and she's like you know they did an okay job but i feel like i could pay you less and you know let's be honest you're not working right now you could use the money and i was like you really get me and she was like come on down <laughs> for a couple days and so i had to learn all this stuff about painting fences which involves a full-on pressure wash beforehand by the way if you didn't know 100
1: um
0: and i'd never done it before and it was just like what a couple of days i woke up so i, I drove down to modesto um i think it was sunday And got there around 10 and I pressure washed. It took uh, from like 10.30 to I think it was like 5.30. Just out in the sun. I took off my shirt because I was like, I'll get a good tan. So I ended up getting a sunburn anyways is the point of that. And (laughs) then the next day we rented this this paint sprayer from Home Depot, which you think is like, oh, spray it and then we're good. You have to spray it and then kind of brush it in to fill in all the cracks. And then that took from like 6.30 in the morning to 5.30 again or no, two 30 again. Then I had lunch and then I had to go into a second coat and that took from like three 30 to eight 30. Mm-hmm. It was just a long couple of days though. I did have a hat that day. So like one of those big, big brimmed hats. So that helps tremendously. Okay. Yep. But it was, you know, I was, it was a long one. It was a very long couple of days and I'm so glad I don't paint fences for a living. Yeah. I'm not envious of that job. A little little taste of the old manual labor for you. Yeah, I'm like that's that's right. That's why I went uh, to get a degree so I can I can do something else because I don't have the gumption for that sort of thing. That's fair. It takes a special person. I suppose so. Anyways, that's my that's my hot slash bothered. I suppose because it was well, nice seeing family and stuff. Hell yeah,
1: and I'm proud of you for helping your mom. That's, and my hat got important. destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's worn in now. It's, yeah. it's ready to wear is what it, you're saying. There was like
0: so much sweat in it today when I woke up that I decided to, to toothbrush it out and like try to get it a little bit because it's such a new hat. I'm like, I come on. Like I can I can uh, try to take care of it.
1: Top rack of your dishwasher with nothing else in it. Yeah. And you'll be good to go. Yeah. Fair. So, yeah. Well, good on you. I, yeah. I, 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 I redact my previous statement you did some work in your carhartt hat thanks man you're now allowed to buy buy two more articles oh good and then i can
0: work those in and kind of get my way to a full set of armor
1: yeah exactly because like all i wear for work is carhartt shorts because they're they're durable as shit
0: are they like like cargo shorts or am i mistaken um they have like one
1: side pocket they're not cargo yeah there's like a cell phone pocket you can put it in um but yeah dude they're i swear by carhartt it lasts forever it's fantastic
0: yeah, I don't know. I feel like the shorts would be too uh, too um, rigid. Maybe like is it made of that same sort of multi woven canvas? The, yeah, the
1: duck material. But like once you wear them for a couple of days, they're yeah. they're soft. And like uh, after two washes, they're they're like you're good. Oh, that they're, makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, a pair of dickies. Like they're Uh, not really comfortable until you wash them like 17 times. So I
0: bought a pair of painting pants because I didn't want to ruin any of my jeans or like I – because you get paint on stuff. And I bought a pair of white dicky painting pants. Boy, those babies are stiff when you put them on. Oh, yeah. Just like I could barely move for the first couple hours.
1: Yeah, like you almost have to wash them, like leave them wet, like mm-hmm. beat them against some rocks, yeah. wash them again. Like, yeah, they they require a mass. Uh, Carhartt requires a lot less breaking in than Dickie's, but it's still present. The, like the sure. first two days I wore those shorts, each pair, I'm like, oh, these are uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh God. And then, well, but once you hit that stride band, it's like they fit like a glove and they're durable. They're tough. You can't hardly rip them. Yeah. They're great. Fair. This episode has been brought to you by Carhartt.
0: Huh? Carhartt and Alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on that note, do you feel comfortable jumping back into the film? Yeah, let's get back to it, man. That's enough about us. Okay, Nobody then. Nobody f- cares. Final warning: If you haven't seen The King of Staten Island, we're jumping back in into a segment that we call Johnny,
1: the Danger Zone. Danger, danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger
0: Zone. All right, we're in the Danger, danger zone, zone, and it is time to spoil The King of Staten Island. Um, I think the, the way to start is to just talk about stuff I didn't like, or maybe you didn't like, I kind of want to end on a positive note and I feel like just getting the negative stuff out of the way is, is the move. Well then you definitely talk first. So for me, the friend stuff was fine for a minute. Again, I mentioned the scene where they're in the basement smoking weed and there's some really good back and forth dialogue wise, but we like, there's the whole thing about the robbing the pharmacy thing. And then the the subsequent sort of jail stuff. And it all just got really long-winded for me. That was a big part of why.
1: Okay. I just,
0: I don't, I don't know. It didn't help that none of that really happened until maybe the second half of the movie. And even when it did happen, his character doesn't really change until I think like the last 25 minutes. Because I was watching, I was like, okay, there's still an hour and a half left. Maybe Maybe he'll start changing. And he doesn't, we have this like fireman montage, right? Where he's like, scrubbing toilets and seeing firemen in action. And you can tell that something's shifting in his brain, but it doesn't happen until like 25 minutes left in the movie. And it was just too quick and not impactful enough to really sink in for me. I'm going to push back on that. Go. Uh, When
1: the initial plan was presented to uh, rob the pharmacy. Yes. uh, He bailed. Yeah, he was like, "No, f- fuck you guys, I'm out." Like Agreed. to me, that's a significant change in him as a person already. Like that's a huge, like he's trying. He like find like he tattooed a not ni- like a what nine year old. Yep, Harold. Like very early in this movie, like he is not to be trusted with his own decisions. But then he like takes a stance against his friends, like the only people that put up with this shit. Like that to me was like the first sign that he was changing. And that happened, I think, earlier than when they actually robbed the pharmacy. Uh
0: okay, two things. They are people that put up with the shit, but definitely not the only ones. Like his mom and his sister are two great examples. But also, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, he bails on that, but there's then nothing that's changed between the point where he tattoos that kid and that he it's like seemed out of the blue, he's like, No, I'm not doing this. I was like, Well, why? Like, why is why does this go against your code? Yeah, I feel like
1: there was some stuff that happened in the movie leading up to that that he was like trying at least a little like there there were signs you know that he was trying to get it together i
0: think that the the best argument for that is maybe him walking the kids to school yes but even that he wasn't ever it was never like all right cool like the one good thing in my life i'm gonna take these kids he was always just like fucking kids and then he puts up with them and he's a he's good with kids but i think that's just by chance and not by him developing as a character okay interesting yeah. So, I, so for me, yeah, it it was cool. Obviously like good for you, man. Don't rob a pharmacy, but then he comes back and does it anyways, which even if there was evidence to suggest him changing to the point where he would not do it, he goes back and does it. So I say null and void by that point. And he's the worst. Yep. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know the whole arc there where they get caught and he has to deal with it being his fault, even though it kind of wasn't because the people caught him from inside. Like, I think they lived there maybe. Like they didn't walk in the door, you know, or if they did, they didn't yeah. show us that. So it's like he was such a bad lookout. Then that whole arc is like, you were such a bad lookout. You should feel guilty and you need to change your life. But it's like that, that, that at the very least was not your fault.
1: No, they were in there already.
0: Yeah. But they frame yeah. it to have him really feel guilty about him being a bad lookout and getting his friends locked up.
1: Yeah. Which doesn't make sense at all. That's and what I I'm don't saying. They,
0: yeah. But I don't
1: think they emphasize that point enough to be it for it to be like, uh, you know, critical to his character development. No, though, they, had like, a whole, a they had a lookout. whole
0: conversation about it when he was seeing his buddy in, in jail.
1: Yeah. He, but he just went there to like try and crash at that dude's house. Like he knew he wasn't a bad lookout. Well, that's true. <laughs> he but was, he does. Like, I mean, it
0: does come up. The dudes like, don't feel bad or like do feel bad. I can't remember what he said, but like it came up.
1: Yeah, it did come up, but also like it was a shit plan to begin with. And I think Pete Davidson knew that. That's probably true. Yeah.
0: Like, but nothing. Even, like,
1: he, yeah. Yeah. he couldn't have done anything to change that situation. So no,
0: yeah, I agree. So at the point where it's he bad. does go to jail and visits his friends, like this is—I mean, like this is like the the shittiest things that you can do. Like you visit all these people in your life. Like, hey man, I'm coming to see you in jail. Also, can I can I stay at your place? Just super right. ulterior. And then he goes to have sex with—I uh, uh, can't think of the character's name right now—or um, apparently even the actual Kelsey. Name. Is that what it was Kelsey? Kelsey, yeah, Bell Kelsey Pally. played
1: by Bell Polly.
0: Thank you. Um, yeah, like he's like okay, like let's rekindle stuff. That was a lovely f session can i crash on your couch he burns all these bridges again at a point in the movie that very much felt like he needed to grow and since he didn't for me when he finally does it was like it felt unearned i guess
1: well that's the thing about hitting rock bottom you have to burn all your bridges and i think in character development that's important
0: i guess but we also kind of start at rock bottom and it's two hours because he still had
1: a place he still had a place to live He still had his friend support system. He still had this girl that he was not committing to, that he was just using and kind of just being, you know, very aloof with. Mm. So in actuality, we didn't start at rock bottom. We started with him being enabled by everyone in his life. And then you saw all those enablers get stripped away. He loses everything and then realizes he has literally nowhere to go and he's sleeping in a stranger's backyard. So I I would disagree with that. I think he started very enabled.
0: So my only pushback for that is I think there's two types of rock bottom that you and I are talking about. One is um, sort of a a self-realized character rock bottom where I would would argue that he's always been a rock bottom. But because of the people around him, he hasn't been in like a circumstantial rock bottom. Like he's had people that have been lifting him. But on a character level, he's always been the piece of shit that he is up until two hours in the movie. Yeah, and that's the stuff that doesn't work for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, some people's rock bottom is the point where you've been at your lowest, but then you get even lower because literally the place you stay isn't there, and there's no one—literally, no one in the world to help you anymore. Like you could be at your lowest, but it—it's not your actual lowest because you still have those enablers around you. Like, yeah, you have a safety net. Yeah, and then you—you hit the actual bottom when that safety net is gone and you hit the ground.
0: Okay. That seems fair, but even pushing further, like let's say he does finally hit rock bottom and whatever that means by the, the, I really do think it's like with 25 minutes left in the movie. And then we have the fireman montage where he finally gets to go on a call and kind of finds closure by hearing stories about his dad and like his dad wasn't a saint and he he has more in common with him than he thought. Like it's all pretty good. It just never quite landed for me i feel like it could have gotten a bit more pandery
1: and i'm happy that they wrote it the way it did yeah and i felt like it landed for me because like this movie if he would have ended up like enrolling in the fire academy and like becoming a firefighter i'd have been like fuck you i'm out like nope come on didn't it kind of feel like it
0: was going that way yeah but then it didn't yeah but there was no reason like it felt like it was gonna happen and then it just doesn't happen and they Which tie I it off is, with, like, a dark joke. I, just, I don't yeah, know.
1: Yeah, but that's, but that's better than it actually happening. Like, that would have been the cliche, you know? And the cliche was not... It didn't come to fruition. So, like, they, they like, alluded at a cliche almost as, like, a... You know, because that's the whole thing. I'm like, there was also... I was wondering, okay, either he's, like, going to become a firefighter or Bilber's going to die. And this is going to be, like, right, right, right. the most, like, eye rolly movie ever. And yeah. neither of those yeah. things happened. And I think that's like that those were good choices to make. Cause like either of those things happening, and I disregard this movie entirely.
0: I agree. I, I'm I'm glad it didn't happen. Just for me, there was that point where it did feel like they were leading us down that path. And and since they didn't, it almost felt like a it felt like a weak attempt at subversion. It's like, oh, you thought that was gonna happen? Maybe it was because we told you it was gonna happen, but it didn't. Ha <laughs> ha I yeah, don't, I don't know. It felt, like I guess, kind of lazy, sort of. See, at the for end.
1: for me, what it felt like was was someone that had been alone for so long, finding not a father figure, but like multiple father figures, sure, and like a support network, and like people that actually gave a shit, like because like that when they were in the bathroom and that giant black dude that just like looked like Terry Crews firefighter edition, yeah, but like, was like, way I respect your in sex. The face. Yeah, like much more attractive in the face with a nice, big, beautiful mustache.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. That dude was a rocket. Yeah, yeah. That
1: dude was a rocket. Uh, Let's be real. Um, But, yeah, like I was thinking like, oh, okay, well, he's not only finding support and acknowledgement, like his sacrifice is seen and like he's finding that validation, but also like finding a father figure somewhat in Bill Burr, but also in like all the other firefighters. And, like, learning more about what his dad was like and, like, learning that firefighters aren't just pieces of shit for having children. Yeah. And, like, you know, having, like I said, that father-type figure and support and, like, being seen and acknowledged and validated, to me that was more the point than him, like, becoming maybe a firefighter. It was more like him spending time with people like his dad and, like, gaining a new perspective and having his mind expanded to, like, new possibilities of what people could be and who his father was and, like that carried a lot of depth i think more than more than on the surface
0: yeah 100 percent agree actually the, so the the big dude in the bathroom did you get the vibe that he knew who Pete davidson's character was because for me it was like he's just seeing another fighter firefighter in the in the uh station i was like
1: yeah no because like, he even he even said he was like your dad was a good guy. you know
0: he
1: yeah he said like your dad yeah. was a good guy your yeah. dad and then he said like i have I appreciate your like I thank you for your sacrifice that's right
0: okay you're right it, yeah
1: and that was like kind of a moment and it was like whoa like I wasn't expecting that because the dude was like so to the point and just like yeah abrupt like firefighters can be just like buh, buh, buh. yeah and Pete Davidson's like whoa okay thank you man like that actually meant a lot to him
0: yeah for sure
1: And so I, th- I think this it was like a little bit more complex than you're giving it credit for
0: I, I, yeah, I guess I'm just torn. I don't think it wasn't complex. I just think again, it was a little bit too long. Some of cutting, come, cutting some of that stuff out would have helped. And then I just think a little bit more of a focused perspective in the last definitely third of the movie would have helped me zoom in on kind of what it was trying to say. Cause it just felt a little misguided until it made its point. And I think it was a good point. Like you're saying, I don't think you should have become a fireman and we didn't need to see bill bird die or anything like that. But I just think if it could have been a little bit more concise, it would have been more effective to me.
1: Yeah, I agree. But also you're looking at a main character whose life is not concise and whose whole story is not concise. And um, it's important to relay that maybe sometimes life doesn't have a cut and dry direction or like, uh, you know, a, a clear path at the end of every story that like maybe there is some room for aloofness. And interpretation in that, you know, he doesn't still doesn't know where the path is going to take him, but maybe he's got a better shot at figuring out due to these better influences in his life.
0: Yeah. I I, like the movie should be accentuating the characteristics of this kid, but I, the difference between an actual person's direction being kind of screwy sometimes and misguided is not the same as a movie being misguided. I I think you could still tell that story from a character perspective and tell the story in a singular direction but this does feel like one of those things that we're going to go back and forth on maybe indefinitely (laughs) right which is yeah you know
1: yeah i feel like they they left it vague enough to be believable as like a real person uh but i don't know maybe you're right that the movie did kind of like kind of lead you along along in thinking that he was going to become a firefighter or something but i don't know yeah. I, I didn't really buy into it too much. And, like, I was hoping he didn't, honestly. Yeah, me like, too. That was, like, a real thing. I was like, oh, God, please don't end this movie with him, like, graduating the Fire Academy. Because right. I'm like, especially knowing it's, you know, somewhat autobiographical from Pete Davidson. I'm yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's a fucking stand-up comedian. Like, right. this can't. Dude, if he like makes believe he comes a firefighter in this movie, I'm going to lose all respect for him. I mean,
0: that movie. would yeah, that would undercut quite a few things, including I think probably his real dad's actual death. Like just to use it as kind of a not a punchline, not like a joke, but like a, a um, you know, a final sort of resonant almost moral standpoint by the end of the movie definitely would have felt very contrived.
1: I agree. Yeah. So I'm happy it didn't end in those ways, but I mean, I'm pretty happy with how it ended and it sounds like you're a little bit less satisfied to say the least. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm happy with the ending. I'm just not totally happy with how they got there in the final third of the movie, but the rest of it I've mostly enjoyed. Yeah. So I really like, I like the storytelling in this
1: movie. Like it was engaging to me. It sucked me in and I was just into it from the jump.
0: Um, but yeah, before, I mean, do you have anything else in this movie you want to talk about?
1: I think we've we've pretty much exhausted it without like sitting down and watching it together. Again. Yeah, yeah,
0: sure. So I'm, I'm going to have to eat some crow here in a second. But scroll down to the bottom of your notes at the bottom of the danger zone. I wrote something at the beginning of the episode. I had a prediction. I'm really upset that it didn't come true because I felt good about it. It's very yeah. small font. You might have to blow it up.
1: Oh, I already read it. It's okay.
0: When did you read that? Uh, a while ago. Did you do it before we got there? Uh, before we got to the danger zone? No, before no. we got to the movie. Oh, no. Okay. Cause I, okay. Should we not even, maybe we won't even tell people. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. I just, I really had a feeling you'd say it and I was like, ah, oh, shit. All right. He's not going to say it, but that's okay. <laughs> I was hoping,
1: um, you know, I'll surprise you every once in a while.
0: Fair. Um, all right. Well, to recap everything, if you get a chance to drink agreeable folk from society, or you get a chance to drink juicy bits from weld works, you can get both of those here in town at S probably other places. Or if you watch Irresistible or The King of Staten Island, reach out to us. We love when people do that. Twitter's a great one. Email's awesome if you want to write more than a couple sentences. You can follow us at all the places we said at the top. This show wouldn't be possible. At the very least, it wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. And that is Johnny Summers.
1: That's Max Minardi. We will see you guys next week for a fresh, hot, exciting new
0: episode. We hope you enjoy This is Fresh Hop Cinema.